welcome to North Point Church. We're so glad that you guys are here. Uh, welcome to Vision Weekend. Uh, it is an exciting time for us. Uh, we're just excited about today's service. In fact, um, just want to say to you, if you're a regular here at North Point, you may find that this service is a little bit different uh, than is typical because today we're going to be sharing lots and lots of stories with you about the life change that Jesus makes in the lives of people. Everybody say life change. All right, excellent. Now, you know that we have been in this series that we've called the Creed, and we've been looking at the Apostles' Creed. In fact, you can see it if you have a bulletin uh, this morning. You can see it's in your bulletin. It looks like this, or you can see it coming up on the screen. Now, we have covered lots and lots of ground key concepts that are within this creed. For example, if you remember in week one, we talked about God the Father and God the Maker. Then we talked about Jesus Christ, who is the infinite God-man. That Jesus Christ, he became as we are so that we could become like he is. And the life of a Christian is a life that's being transformed into his image. And then, of course, we talked about his resurrection. And if you remember last week, we talked about final judgment. In other words, we've really covered a lot of ground. Now, next week, when we finish this series, it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to receive communion together next week as a church. But when we do this, we're going to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit within the church. It's going to be a great weekend. But today, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the church, and I want to talk to you about God's work in and through the church because as we've looked at the creed, you'll notice at the very bottom it has this phrasing. It says, I believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body. Now, uh, I know that the term Holy Catholic Church has been troubling to some Protestants or people with evangelical backgrounds. In fact, Pastor Steve said Shane's going to unpack that this week. God bless Pastor Steve. <laughs> so people ask, well, well, Pastor, we're not the Catholic Church, are we? What does this mean? And, and I'll just say I understand the concern or the confusion, but I do want to say to you, this is really simple, and it's not going to take that much to unpack. It is simply this. What we have to remember is the historical context of when this was written. The Apostles' Creed, as you know, was written a very, very, very long time ago. And back in those days, a very, very, every say very, very long time ago, the word Catholic was used then. It was a generic word. It wasn't referring to any particular branch of the worldwide church. In fact, Catholic simply means, you could see this definition, it means universal. That's what Catholic means. And so when they were saying the Catholic church, they were using the term in the general or natural sense. What this creed actually says is, I believe in the universal church. Well, what's the universal church? Well, it's simply this. The Apostles' Creed is saying, I believe in all Christians at all times and in all places. I believe in all those who would bend the knee to Jesus Christ, who were yielded to Jesus as Lord. Does that make sense? That's what that means. And guys, I'm just going to say this to you. Jesus loves his church. In fact, did you know that the scripture says that he bought and paid for the church with his very own blood? Now, how do you know the value of something? What are you willing to pay for it? And the Bible says that God gave everything for his church. And by the way, did you know that the Bible says that Jesus is the chief pastor of the church? He's the chief shepherd of the church. In fact, in your notes, if you just look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, it says that he is the great shepherd of the sheep. So if somebody asks you, well, who's the senior pastor of your church? Your right answer would be, well, Jesus the Christ is. Jesus is our ultimate chief shepherd. He's the one that we report to. And if you're in the church then you know you're in the church if you really belong to the church because you know that Jesus has changed your life. So here's the question I ask you. Has Jesus changed your life? Has he? Come on, I heard, I heard two people applaud. There he has, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, man. If you're online right now in the chat, just write down, Jesus has changed my life. If you're here right now, just turn to somebody and say, Jesus has changed my life. Ready, go. 
Well, I hope he has. Hey, I just want to embarrass somebody. Put him on the spot. I see you over there, Valentino. I know you. You know, it's, it doesn't pay to know me, but, but Valentino, I know you. Has Jesus changed your life? Yes, Jesus changed my life. He's changed your life. All right, so this is Valentino. Everybody say hi to Valentino. We're celebrating Jesus with Valentino today. And Valentino, I just want you to share, if you could just share with everybody, in a word, and I'm going to give you one word, how has Jesus changed your life? What's the word you'd use? Surrender. What's the word? Surrender. Surrender. Who would relate to that word? You'd say surrender is it. Yeah. I'd say we're all, amen. Amen. I'd say we're all with you. Now, uh, Valentino, just to press you a little further, let me give you one more word. <laughs> one more word. How's Jesus changed your life? Intimacy. Intimacy. How many of you relate to that word? Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Let's hear it for Valentino. Thank you. In fact, I asked Valentino, I wanted you to meet him, but I asked him if he'd share a little bit about what Jesus Christ has been doing in his life as we celebrate life change this weekend on Vision Weekend, and he sat down with us. So here's a little of his story. You just listen to this. I'm Valentino, and my life changed because of my relationship with Jesus. Um, I'm, my relationship with the Lord before uh, September, um, when I had a, a meeting with Ronnie, it just was kind of kind of going through the motions. I'd come to church, I would, like everybody else, I'd come on a Sunday, sit down, and feel good about coming, but really never truly got involved. In September, um, I met with Pastor Ronnie because I wanted to kind of develop a relationship with God. And the reason why I wanted to is my kids are getting older. I wanted to be that example, that father figure at home that, you know, teach them about faith. And I remember sitting down with Ronnie and he was like, oh, that's great. You want to do that. But you got to want to do it for you also. And that would really be the fruits of the labor of it if your kid's learning. And uh, toward the later of the year, um, I found out my marriage was coming to an end. My heart felt like it was empty, like a piece of it was broken. I just remember just asking God why and being upset with Him and not understanding how this was happening. You know, trying to go to work and trying to have a normal routine when you're going through this pain, um, it was really tough. found myself drinking a lot of coffee, um, just being really tired and barely find energy to come out of bed. Do my daily routine stuff was really hard. When I started feeling like it was okay for me to share and allow some of that pain out, um, a friend of my, you know, some of my North Point brothers is actually when I went to a 6 a.m. Uh, morning prayer, and I showed up there, and you know, we're sitting down and we're doing our daily, uh, daily time with God in our prayer, and I, I just couldn't hold it no more. I just started crying in there, and I mean, I, I was just hands on my hands on my face and just crying and. And as I had my hands on my face, I felt um, a hand on my back. And then I felt another hand, and then I felt another hand. Um, then I heard Lance just start praying over me, and I heard other people praying over me. I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel in that moment I wasn't alone in my pain. I, I could feel people sharing it and trying to take it away, and it really helped. You know, if something I would tell somebody who is going through this, um, same season I have been, is you're not alone. Look around church right now. You can see everybody in the room. You can look left to right, and you'll see everybody's been through some kind of pain. But they've also experienced the joy of, of God and what He's done in their lives. He doesn't want us to feel pain. I mean, He wants us to learn from it when we do go through it, and just lean on Him when we go through it. Because you're not gonna find, you're not gonna find satisfaction anywhere else. You may find something out there worldly that may help it. But it's just a band-aid. It's never going to really heal it. It's actually giving yourself up to God. And you know, when I look at thinking about what the future is for me, I don't really look at what the future is. I just enjoy what's going on now. Because I think in the past I used to get weary and scared about what's going to happen. But now I just trust, you know, what God has done in my life, the blessings, relationships, friendships I've had um, through this process. And the ones I've had in the past, people who've prayed for me um, before I even found God. You know, those are the people who, you know, were put there for a reason. The seed was planted many years ago for me to, you know, be able to overcome what has happened. God has shown up for me in my life because He is He's been there during those times where it's been rough. And not in a way to answer every single one of my prayers or say, I'm gonna take it away, but He's shown up and showed me that through this there's gonna be better. Through this you'll learn from it. Through this, you know, if you trust in me and you pray, 
um, things will things will get better. Your relationship with me will get better. You know, I've always searched for that intimacy with God, and you know, this is how I found it. Amen. Brother, thank you for sharing that story, being willing to sit down with us. Now, guys, listen to me. Valentino is the church. Guess what? You're the church. Why? Because the church isn't an institution. The church is the who. It's the people. The church is the people. And Jesus says, I'm in the business of changing people's lives. Now, one of the things that Valentino said was that it's people that have really made the difference for him. And that's appropriate because Scripture says that the church is meant to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's how Jesus does his ministry. That's why it's always good to say, Lord, how would you use me? Now, guys, think about this for just a minute. If you take a look at this creed, don't you think it's fascinating that at the very bottom, it says that in addition to believing in Jesus Christ, in addition to believing in the Holy Spirit, in addition to believing in his death and resurrection, that the earliest followers of Jesus felt it was important to include, I believe in the people of the church. How significant is that? We live in a day that's cynical about people, but one of the reasons why the earliest creed, one of the earliest creeds we know, comments on this is because it knows that the church, in the church, relationships are important. In fact, one of the sayings that we have around here that we like to say all the time is, we're better together. Can you say that with me? We're better together. In fact, you see these shirts. Uh, this is a shirt that we've just put together talking about connecting with others and getting together with others. Here's what we're going to do for a little fun because it is a celebration. We thought we'd give things away. Can I have you guys throw shirts? Grab some shirts. They're going to throw them out to you. Here we go. There we go. Just grab those. Come on, everybody. Wave if you want one. Wave if you want one. There you go. We're better together. There you are. There you are. Keep it. Excellent. Who got one? Hold it up. Who got one? All right. The good news is you only owe me $25. If you got a shirt, congratulations. You got it at the discount price today. Uh, no, what we want to say is we actually have shirts that, that are on sale. You guys did get some freebies, but we want to make sure. Now, if you're in Kerman, Pastor Steve happens to have those, so he'll throw those out to you, but we want you to have some shirts and make sure that you get those. If you're online, I just say the first three people to let us know they want a shirt, they just write it in the chat. I want a shirt. You'll be the one to get one. We'll send it to you. First three people. Ready, set, go in the chat. But uh, guys, listen, one of the reasons why we do the things that we do around here, whether, I don't know if you've heard, but tonight, t heard, but tonight we're having a, com a worship night as a community of, of Christians. We're getting together. I invite you to come tonight as a community to worship our Lord. Next weekend on Sunday night, we're having a movie night, our Celebrate Recovery. It's not a Celebrate Recovery event, but they are sponsoring a movie night. I think we're watching Inside Out or something like that for you to bring your blankets and just come on out and eat popcorn and hang out with us on the grass. We're gonna have a movie night now. Why do we do these things, like worship nights and movie nights? Why do we consistently say, let's gather together in community? It's because of something called the communion of the saints. Church is all about the people. In fact, you know, this is Vision Weekend, and so uh, we, we provided this to you. It's Vision Sunday. And so in this bulletin, there's a ton of information that reflects the people, but I especially want to draw your attention to some cool information that you can see on the inside flap there. Check this out, or you can see it on the screen. Just in the last six months alone, since we kicked off the year, since January, in the last six months, since it's all about the people, get this, we have baptized 61 new people that have come to Jesus in the last six months. Isn't that awesome? We have 62 new members that have uh, decided to join the church and become members or a part of the community of believers. Yeah, you can give a hand for that. That's a pretty cool thing. And then, you know, it's really cool because it is about the members. In fact, one of the things we did, if you look on the very back about this and you look at those who are new to our community or new to the membership of the church anyway, you can see names that are listed here of all our new members. And in fact, if you've become a member of our church and you don't see your name there, we want to know it. But the, but the reason why we publish it is because you're what's important. In fact, I, I love it because our core classes are the way that you begin to grow in relationship with Jesus Christ. And just look, in the last six months, 
Since January, we've had 271 people engage in our core classes, 158 through our 101 membership, 72 through our discipleship, maturing 201, 30 and 301, and 11 on mission for 401. So that's an awesome thing. Now look, guys, there's something significant that I just want to point out to you. Three truths about his church, and I'm going to give them to you very quickly, and what it means to be a part of the church. And here's the first one, if you just write this down. If you have your notes, just write this down. If you're a part of the church, it means that you've been chosen by God. Write that down. Those who are in the church are chosen. In fact, Pastor Kyle just read just a few minutes ago a very important scripture. He said, all praise to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are, we are united with who? Christ. Even before he made the world, it says, let's read it together, come on. God loved us and he chose us. He chose you. He chose me to follow him and to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Now friends, listen to me. God doesn't just love you today because he has to. God loves to love you. God takes great pleasure in loving you. He's gone to great lengths to love you. Ephesians chapter one, it said, he purchased your freedom with the blood of his son. It's not because you've been good enough. It's not because you've done enough. Who here feels that they're good enough? Come on. Who here feels that they're holy enough? Anybody? No, none of us are. No, but what does Ephesians 2 say? It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. In fact, it goes on to say, you can't take credit for this. It's a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done. None of us can boast about it. You know, I hear people all the time say, well, I'm not ready to be baptized because my life isn't straightened out enough. Friend, what are you waiting for? You're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be holy enough. You're never going to be right with God. It's Jesus that makes you right with God. Now, there's something else about the church. I said three truths. Let me give you the second one. Ready? Those who are in the church aren't just chosen, but those who are in the church are being changed. Now, guys, I'm excited because I've got another story I want to share with you about some major life change in the life of another one of our members. Thank you, Valentino, for sharing yours. Now, I want to introduce to you a woman by the name of Kendra. That's right. Let's, let's, let's hear. Let's watch this. My name is Kendra, and I'm an addict, and Jesus changed my life. I was a little over 19. Well, when I was 19, I first started drinking and I tried weed, but then I was almost 20 when I tried meth and crack for the first time. Because of my upbringing and because of everybody, my whole family using drugs, it felt really normal and it felt right. It didn't feel wrong. Definitely didn't feel illegal. I felt like this is what you do. You grow up and you can't deal with life and so you numb it out. So before I had, before I got pregnant with my son, I was um, doing a lot of self-harm and I had a couple suicide attempts, but so I always say that my son is like my most treasured, my firstborn son, he saved my life. And he meant everything to me, even though my life was crazy, I felt like he was my stability that I clung to. The first time CPS took him away, he was gone for one week and then I knew they were gonna drug test me, and so I stayed clean for a weekend and got one over on some of them, so I fell. I was like, oh, I cheated the system. I gave them a clean test. They placed them back with me immediately in emergency housing. I felt like the incident with CPS was just like my childhood, and I felt like I was, that's why I would compare myself to my mom all the time thinking, I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna do things differently. I'm gonna fight for my son. I'm gonna get him back. And, which is something that my mom could never do. So, when I first met my husband, um, we were both in our addiction and both with other partners at the time. I immediately liked him just cause I felt like he was 
intelligent and drugs didn't mean everything to him. Like I could hold a place in his heart. So I was like, oh, I like that. I think it was March of 2014. I had my second run in with CPS and this time they took him away and I went to jail. Me and my now husband went to jail. And I was still kind of like, I still felt like a failure, but I didn't feel like I was gonna change my life around just yet. I was just like, I could do this. I could do whatever it takes and get him back and then do whatever I want. But um, this time I was in jail for seven months. And so when I got out, I used again immediately because I didn't have my son. I felt like really low and I just wanted him back. And so I made up my mind to do what I needed to do to get him back, whatever that meant. If it meant giving up drugs, I would have to do that. While I was incarcerated um, at Fresno County Jail, uh, Sister Cheryl would come and she would share um, and do CR on the inside. And I wasn't really quite ready for Jesus to enter my life and I didn't know about all this recovery stuff, but I knew I had to make a change to get my son back. Um, I started going to church and CR regularly and really putting forth the effort to like fully trust in God. I still had reservations though, but I wanted something different. Originally, I was like, I'm gonna be a drug and alcohol counselor because I could do so much, like I could help so many people and I just wanted to really give back and do that. Um, eventually along the ways, I changed my major to social work because, and now I am like, actively going to school for to be a CPS social worker. So I finally felt like me and Jesus, we got this. Like I could do this with him. All I know is like, I'm gonna do my best. And if I fail, that's all right, I'll fall back on him. Then in 2017, um, I had a miscarriage at the beginning of the year. And it was really devastating for me. Um, I had a lot of resentments towards my husband and I almost felt like God was punishing me because I was doing something that I knew I shouldn't, premarital sex. And so I was like, okay, but so I almost had a relapse, but I didn't. I just stuck it out and we worked together and then we were engaged to get married. So on October 7, 2017, we got married and then I got pregnant with my baby. Yeah, every day there's usually like little things that happen that I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. Like. I look at my husband and I see, I'm like, we're a miracle. Like, how did we get here? Like we met in our addiction and, but we're like strongly married and super happy. Just little things in life that happen. I'm like, I never would have thought that this is where I would be today, ever. I had an amazing vacation at Disneyland. It was the best vacation of my life, seriously. I never would have thought that this is where we would be just everything, um, getting to spend it with my family, and we just had an amazing time. And that never was really an option before. We didn't have funds, we didn't have time, we definitely wouldn't have all of the children with us. I definitely think that my children have so much hope. I always share with my husband that I'm like, we have privileged kids. Like, I grew up in the system with an addict parent and an absent father. Our kids have two parents, clean and sober, spend so much money on them. <laughs> like, they don't have to worry about anything. They're stable, they are loved, they know that they are worth it. <sighs> uh, Jesus, he changed everything. So before, even when I was clean and sober, I still felt like I was going through a cycle, like just, like I said, living day by day and not really moving forward, just staying where I was. Um, but once I started trusting in him and surrendering to him, which was really hard because I have a lot of trust issues and with my religious upbringing, I always felt like, you know, I was getting punished for something that I knew better. And so it was really hard to fully like start trusting in him because I thought, well, what if he's not happy with me? Like, is he really gracious? Is he really love? Like, but I've learned that he is and he changed everything. Wow, isn't that amazing? She's awesome. She's the church. By the way, you guys wanna meet her? 
Where are you? Where are you, Kendra? Where are you? Right, okay, you guys come up here right now. Bring your whole family up here. Guys, let's hear it for them as they come up here. Come on up. <laughs> What's up, man? Come on up. What's up, kiddos? Good to see you, man. Come on over. Come on, come on way over here so that everybody can see you guys. Everybody say hello. You guys, I'm so glad you're up here. It's good to see you. And thank you for sharing. Isn't she amazing? She's amazing. And you guys were all just at Disneyland, right? Yes. Which is really cool. That yeah. was a blast. They had so much fun. Uh, what was your favorite ride? Favorite ride at Disneyland? All right, excellent, excellent. Favorite ride? Um, the Incredicoaster. Oh, that is a good one. Um, <laughs> Not sure, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. You the coaster I rode. It was the first roller coaster he oh, rode. Awesome, that's so cool. Guys, this is so cool. Now, what I want you to see is, guys, I invited them to come up here after you heard them story because here's what we've all got to get. See, this is the church. You belong to them. And they belong to you. We are together. When the Bible talks in this creed about the communion of saints, what it's saying is, is that this is my sister, and this is your sister, and together, we're in it together as a church family, and that's pretty cool. Now, check this out. This is the change that you guys have probably noticed in your life. Just take a look at this scripture real quick. If you just throw this on the screen, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, if you just throw that uh, scripture on the screen, look at what it says. It says, so now you, all people, you Gentiles, by the way, Gentiles was a term for those who were outsiders or that they thought could never come to God. It says you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but you're citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of who? God's family. And together, we are his house. And uh, it's pretty awesome uh, to know that all of us have that privilege of being a part of his house. You are so cute and precious. We have a future preacher right here, don't you guys think? Now, by the way, I wanted to say to you guys as a family, as a church, we have a gift for you. We want to do family photos with a professional photographer. So we're going to do that. Kim's making the arrangements. But let's hear it for them. Thank you for coming up here. Hey, let's take a minute, let's stand to our feet, and let's just worship God and thank him for the change he's doing in all of our lives before we continue this service. Yeah, here we go. Drawn me with loving kindness, washed whiter than snow. You have redeemed and made me whole. Jesus, you have won me, you have broken every chain with love and mercy, you have triumphed over. Lift up your voice. 
God's been doing some good things. Now, there's a, couple, a few more people I want to invite out here. There's a couple. You can take a picture. Throw this picture up on the screen. Um, you'll see them. We were in the office together the other day, uh, me looking really stupid, but I'm there with a great family. And uh, that's Jeremy and Anna and their two children. And they're going to come out. I'm going to invite them out right now because Kim's going to, God's done this amazing work in their life. And you've got to hear their story. So come on out, you guys. Let's hear it for them as they come. Because don't forget, don't forget, if you're a part of the church, it means God chose you. That's got to settle any inferiority you have. Secondly, if you're part of the church, it means the Holy Spirit's living in you and you're being changed. And God certainly has done that in your guys' life. So everybody say hi to Kim. Kim has connected with them, is going to do this interview. God bless you guys. (laughs) And he's out. (laughs) Well, yeah, we're so glad that you guys are here um, and willing to share uh, with us today. And so we're going to dig right in. You guys ready? Everybody ready? Awesome. Well, let's go back about four years. Yeah? Um, You guys are not married at the time. You're living together. You have kids. You're doing Catholic church, I believe, at the time. You grew up in church, but are not really doing any of that. So what's your relationship look like at this time? 
um, at this moment. Um, we were <laughs> living together, but it was more like we were roommates at that mm. point. We yeah. didn't really, our relationship wasn't doing very well. And um, at that moment in time, I had found out that my husband was being unfaithful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you asked him to... Uh, so at that moment in time, I asked him to leave the home. Yeah. Uh, it's bright up here. <laughs> uh, about uh, four years ago, basically, uh, to piggyback off what Anna said, um, my pornography addiction, my infidelity that had been in my life for so long um, came to the surface and was uh, revealed. And me and Anna were at this terrible time in our life where we were both uh, depressed. She asked me to leave the home, which I left. And uh, we're both in our depression stage. I went through a stage of... Uh, Being suicidal? Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, really dark time for the two of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over the next couple months, there are, there are some improvements that take place. Yes, you guys began to do counseling, and um, there's some, some things that Anna's asked, and, and you're being, you're, you're just wanting to put your best foot forward. You want your family back. You want your family back. Yes. Yeah. So a couple months later, because those improvements, Anna says, okay, you can come back to the home. Well, we're going to try and do this reconciliation. We're going to try and do this. But you're, you're fully not convinced at this point. You're partially convinced. Correct. Yeah. And then a neighbor says, hey, you should invite your kids to this thing at my church or at the church. What is it? Right. Summer extreme days. Yeah. And your kids come home and they're like quiet. Oh. They don't say anything about it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> they right. loved it. Yeah. Um, they loved all the kids they got to meet. And, you know, they came home. They were so excited. They're like, Mom, this is what we learned about Jesus today. Which was honestly more than probably what I would have, what I had taught them up to that point. Yeah. Which was yeah. amazing. And so they say, we want to go. We want to go to church. And you guys say no. <laughs> Yeah, not just no, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, definitely. They're like, when can we go back? And I said, okay. Yeah. You know, they have a kid's care, and um, we'll, we'll come back every Sunday. Yeah. So there's a difference. You guys start coming, you start attending, just like we see a, a room full of people in here and mm -hmm. those online. And uh, when does it change for you? When do you start actually get connected and become a part of the family here? When was your first, like, moment so it was, um, it was after summer extreme days and it was about a month or two after Jeremy was back at home and I felt like I needed to be, um, connected cause I was going through all of this alone. Yeah. Basically. Um, you know, I felt a lot of pain, a lot of guilt, mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, shame. Yeah. And so I felt like I needed to do it for myself to, to meet other women here yeah. at church. Um, so there was a women's Bible study during the summer that was for four weeks long. And I said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to fight through my anxiety. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just going to show up. So yeah. I did. And as soon as I showed up, um, I felt like everybody knew each other. They were all talking yeah. to each other. The tables were almost full. And then my anxiety just went haywire. And yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm just going to sneak out through one of the back doors. Nobody's yeah. going to even notice. <laughs> I came alone. Mm -hmm. um, and so I said, okay, you know, I'm going <laughs> to go to the back table and grab a snack. <laughs> and then just kind of like bolt out the door, right? <laughs> no All gonna smooth, one quick movement. Yeah, yes. Uh -huh. yes. Um, so as I was... You know, planning your escape. Planning my escape. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at these snacks, I was like, okay. Um, a woman from church comes up next to me and asks me, hi, you know, are you new? Have you been here before? And I told her, yes, I haven't been here. Um, she's like, are you sitting with anyone? I said, no. And um, so then she's like, okay, give me a minute. And I was like, okay. So I'm still sitting there looking at these snacks, you know, like, oh, my God, I need to get out of here. And uh, she comes back, and she's like, okay, well, you're going to sit with me. Yeah. And I was like, 
okay. At that moment in time, I was like, okay, it's, it's God. Yeah. Like he's doing it. Yeah. Because I was ready to leave and, um, and he put her in my way. <laughs> Shout out to Dina. She hasn't said her name yet, but I'm yes. going to throw it out there. <laughs> you know Dina, you know that this is not out of character for her to yes. do that. <laughs> so you feel connected. You sit with these ladies mm -hmm. and there's just, it's feeling right, right away. Mm -hmm. You feel included. You feel like the stories of the ladies just, they, they reach your heart and you mm -hmm. start to feel actually connected. What about you, Jeremy? How are you feeling connected? Um, for, for me, it started out, I was... Just looking back, it's just kind of crazy how, how God works, but uh, my mom was seeing a counselor, and her, my mom's counselor recommended a book by Russell, I forget his last name, it might be Willingham, but uh, it's a book called Breaking Free, and my mom had bought me that book. Mm -hmm. And then the counselor, I mean, Anna was seeing, actually recommended that same book, mm -hmm. and was like, oh yeah, by the way, he has, he's here from Fresno, and he has mm -hmm. a ministry here in Fresno, a new creation ministry, he's not sure if anybody's heard of it, but... Uh, Wow. Anyway, read that book, Breaking Free. It was awesome. Started going to counseling with Russell. Um, started doing uh, group therapy with uh, New Creation Ministries. Mm -hmm. um, God blessed me just in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. Just a coworker of mine, Dave Andrew. Um, didn't know the guy. Me and him started, started talking. He was a believer. He kind of took me under his wing, started mm -hmm. discipling me. Uh, we still do that to this day. Wow. And then started getting connected here at, at church. Um, First thing we did with our, our neighbor, Sean, who invited us, our kids to the Summer Extreme Days was the 33 series, A Man and His Fatherhood. So me and yeah. him went to that um, uh, men's Bible study together yeah. and um, did a couple small studies here and there. And I'm actually going through the Core 12 program with uh, Valentino that we saw earlier. Yeah. So I'm going through the yeah. Core 12 right now. And just God's blessed me and Anna with all these, just bringing all these people into our lives to yeah. help us along. So you guys begin to reconcile or begin to fall in love maybe again. And, and Jeremy, you're going, okay, I actually want to, I want to get married now. You're ready for that next step. Mm -hmm. And I think Anna is okay with that, but there's, not, there's a hesitation in setting a date mm -hmm. and things like that. But you're a little bit more like, I want to get baptized. I do right. want to do that. And you decide baptism, birthday, let's combine it in November. So tell me about that day. <laughs> In fact, I think we have a picture of that day really quick. Yep, there she is, November 5th, so it's kind of cold probably at the time. But tell me about baptism birthday. So I had gone through the Core 101 course, and um, when we were done with it, to become a member, you know, some of the things that were asked of us was to be baptized, and it was to be baptized full submersion, yeah. which is something that I had not right. gone through. Yeah. So... Um, you know, I felt at that moment in time that God was calling me to do it. We were at a church where we had already said, this is our home church. Yeah. My kids loved it here. I had met amazing women that were just pouring into me. Yeah. And I've made some really good friendships. And so I felt like I had to do my part, which is what, call, what yeah. God calls us to do, which is be obedient. Yeah, and, and be committed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that was a huge commitment for me. And I felt like, well, I wanted to start this new journey in my life, almost, you know, being reborn, yeah. which is on my birthday. Yeah. And so I asked Pastor Shane to do that for me, and um, he agreed. Yeah. But you want to give her another definition on that day as well. Yeah. So uh, early on, it was kind of weird. One thing that, um, you know, me and Anna both grew up in the faith um, kind of, and uh, very earlier on as I could see things were kind of possibly might be able to recon reconcile. One thing that God put on my heart was, hey, you need to do things my way, you know, stop yeah. doing it your way. Yeah. If you guys are going to do this, do it right, get married, yeah. do it the way that I had it planned out. And so, man, I've been praying about it for, for years and had some conversations with Anna about it. And... Uh, you know, I'm like, Lord, you realize what's going on here, right? Um, we're in this mess. But anyway, um, the Lord had been putting that on my heart, and uh, we, went to, we went to the Core 101 class, and another thing that just reconfirmed what I was feeling, that, that it was God, was um, uh, nobody really touched on it in the Core 101 class, but it was in the material, and I was looking through it, and it talked about couples wanting to be members and living together and, and not married. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. you know, me and Anna had a conversation about it. I was like, hey, what are we going to do here? And so... Anyway, the, the birthday baptism ended up turning into a uh, marriage. A wedding. <laughs> a wedding. <laughs> Surprise. 
<laughs> I think we got a picture of that. In fact, uh, what I love about this next picture is um, you see Shane's shoelaces are untied because he's completely ready to take those off and, and do a baptism. <laughs> And instead, he marries you guys. I love the next one. I think he's praying over you before you, um, before you actually say um, your vows. Um, and then, of course, you had invited some family. I think there was more people there than you anticipated, which seemed a little fishy for you, right? Right. I showed up, and I had only invited, um, you know, two people to, yeah. to be there. And yeah. so when I got there, there was, you know, way more, more than people. two. And I was like, what is going on yes. here? You know, I thought this was only going to be yeah. you know, something very small, very yeah. intimate. Yeah. Um, a little more than that. So she has yes. a, a birthday baptism bride yes. on one day. Yes. <laughs> no reasons not to let's give that a cheer. Yeah. <laughs> I think we have one more picture of them standing next to the cross with their family. Last statement, guys. How has Jesus changed your life, changed your marriage? Anna? Um, he has completely, you know, changed me um, and how I see the world. And it, it's just been something that has been working inside from inside out. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, to be quite honest. You know, God just works. Yeah. And I don't have an explanation for how he's done it, but he's made such a huge change in me and my husband and <clears throat> my... And that has gone on to our children. Yeah. Jeremy, what about you? Man, it's so hard to say one word, but I would just say he's given us a, a new beginning. Uh, he's a redeemer. He's redeemed us. He's freed me from my uh, pornography addiction. It's been over four years since I've had anything with that. Um, you know, it's a tough thing to bring up because, you know, um, it's, you know, pornography is not something that's talked about, but it's such a big yeah. issue when uh, mm -hmm. the world, especially in America and especially within the, in the church, it's something that it's a secret sin that's, yeah. that's hidden. And, you know, me and Anna being up here, it's not so much about what we did because we didn't really didn't do anything. God did all this yeah. in our lives. So we're up here to give God all the God, glory. God, all the glory. Mm -hmm. Let's hear it for them. Isn't that amazing? So good. <laughs> all the love. You know Shane, he's a big hugger. I do want to mention, we're going to hear more from them. Um, I'm going to have them sit down with me midweek live on August 11th. That happens every Wednesday at 12.15, but we're going to unpack this story even more. If you guys want to know all the details and really just hear how God has really, in the intricate details, restored their marriage and their lives, just make sure you watch back. Yeah, Yeah, definitely uh, definitely join us for midweek live for that or go to the podcast, whatever. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but guys, I, I just wanted to ask them another question because not only have they understood that, man, God chose us. And not only have they been allowing him to do his work to change them, but they also understand this, this next thought. And I just want, I want you to write this down because this is the third point that I want to make to you is those who are in the church also understand that they are charged. They are charged. Now, the reason I say that is because these two, they went from going to 101 class and that becoming like a catalytic factor in their own growth and relationship with Jesus, but now they actually are in our core classes, every core class, and they're on what we call our purpose teams, meeting with new members and uh, going out to coffee with them, meeting with them, hanging with them. Is that about right? That sounds about right. Getting to know them. And you guys are still buying their dinner, like I said. You're taking them to <laughs> Ruth Chris Steakhouse. And yeah. uh, so it's good to go to membership class now. By the way, our next core class is yeah. August the 8th, and I'd invite you to do that. But not only are they involved in ministry because they understand they're charged and they've stepped up to serve, but Jeremy, he's not going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you, this guy, you know, I don't know if he's mentioned, there's a Fresno police officer that in his spare time is walking the neighborhoods around. That's right. We should hear it for our police officers. Thank you. He is a servant. He is a servant to all of us. And I'm just bragging on him for just a minute because this brother when he's not serving us in that way, protecting and serving, he's actually walking around the neighborhoods around the church, passing out gospel tracts, knocking on doors, loving on people, inviting them to North Point Church. He's on fire. And because uh, he understands he's charged. Thanks, guys, for being here. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yep. You're awesome. You got it. You got it. Those who are in the church are charged. And by the way, when we talk about being charged, everything that we do in the church, 
Everything is critical. Whether you're serving coffee, doing what God's called you to do. How many of you guys have caught on to this? You know that, boy, any way that you serve and are the hands and feet of Jesus through the church, it's making a difference. In fact, representative, so many of you have caught on to this, representative of this, we have a little video. It just takes a minute, but we, we caught 30 people that represent you. So in about a minute, take a look at these 30 people that are serving in the church right now. Take a look at this. Of course, it's a shout out to so many that serve. In fact, draw your attention, you know, here's four more people. This is all about people today because it's about the church, but here's four more people. If you, look in your, um, if you look in your bulletin, you'll see that there's a trustee ballot in there because now there's four more faces that have just stepped up to be our trustees. Yeah, Chris Bennett, Don Fisher, Cindy Hudacek, and Annette Larson. Thank you guys for doing that and being willing to step up to be trustees at our church because every Everything that you do in the church makes a difference in the lives of people. We need your help. We need everybody to serve on this particular ballot because they've actually submitted themselves to be voted on. So make sure before you leave today, by the way, that you vote for three of these. Could you do that for me? Everybody say, I will. All right, so just make sure that before we're done, you just vote for three of those guys. But the point is, is that we step up in whatever way that we can. Why? Because guys, this is kingdom work. It is kingdom work. Whether you're a part of our coffee team serving, whether you're a part of our kids team. By the way, did you know our kids just got back from a wagon train camp? And uh, it was amazing. There was life change happening. Bless you, bless you, and bless you. That is a charismatic sneeze if I ever heard one, right? No. Um, uh, uh, they just got back from wagon train camp. Listen to this, these kids at wagon train. Here's some decisions. Grace said, my decision is to follow God and Jesus. I also want to learn more about God and get closer to him. I got such a kick out of reading these things as a result of the kids going to church. A young lady named Caitlin said, I want to follow God and I confess and believe. I thought that's appropriate for a creed series. I confess and believe. I want to know more about him. I want to have eternal life. I want to spend eternity in heaven with him. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Isn't that beautiful to hear from a child? It pays to work with kids, guys. <laughs> Lena said, I will pray to be closer to you, God, every day, but that won't bring me close enough to you. <laughs> That's a song. I will work at it. I want to be closer. I want to pray. I give myself to you, God. I want to read my Bible. I will be a witness. I love you, God, more than anything, but I need help to be closer to you. I love you more than anything. Have you prayed prayers like that? Valentino, at the very beginning, said that the key words of change for his life are surrender and intimacy. Have you found that? Boy. Be a part of the kids' team. We're still trying to get our 11 o'clock service off the ground for our kids since COVID. Join our kids' team. By the way, I just wanted to share with you all these reports I'm giving you today. You guys, because of your, your faithfulness and loving our kids through giving, do you guys realize this is pretty cool? We had a multi-million dollar campaign to build these new children's buildings. You heard from the testimony over here, they actually came to North Point, Anna and Jeremy, because their kids got involved in kids' ministry. That's the way you reach families. 
Do you know that we did our multi-million dollar campaign to build those buildings so that more families can come and feel comfortable? Do you guys realize people have still been slowly giving to that even though the campaign officially ended because it wasn't quite done paying bait off? You know how close we are to paying all that off completely? Only $68,000 away out of the millions of dollars. because of your faithfulness, it's because of your stewardship. Maybe God's called you to be on worship team or to be a small group leader or Bible study lead, but it's through the church. It's through those that recognize I'm not just chosen. It's not just about me. I'm not just a spectator. I'm not, I'm not just chosen, but I'm being changed. And because I'm being changed, I know that I'm charged. If you would just let a little bit of your light shine, boy, if you've not caught on to that, how many of you have felt in the last year that the world has become kind of, it has felt dark, hasn't it? It has. The world's dark. How dark can darkness get? Can we do a little exercise? How many of you have those glow sticks? You have those? Let's just try something real quick. Just kind of impromptu together. Shall we grab those? Can you turn down the lights in here for just a minute? Not even more. Can we go lower? Can we go? Hmm. Now pop those glow sticks. Just pop them if you have them. You know, these are just little glow sticks. They're not actually meant to produce a ton of light. But do you know what the scripture says about light? Look at the scripture that's coming up on the screen here. It talks about light shining in darkness. It says, let's read it together. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, it could be that you don't feel like you have a lot, light, a lot of light to give. It could be that you just feel like your life is like a little glow stick. It's, there's just not much. But I'm just going to say to you, if you would just let God begin to break you, if you would begin to operate from a place of surrender and just say, God, I want you to begin to change me, it's amazing the difference that that'll begin to make in your life. Would you stand to your feet? Before we're done, would you just stand to your feet? In fact, as you're standing to your feet, just grab that card again. Just grab that. Grab that card again. This apostles, this... Apostles' Creed, the creed that we've been looking at. This is a pretty incredible thing. Everybody got that? Take a look at it with me. You can turn those lights back up a little bit so that they can see that card. Thank you for doing that. Let's just remember what it says again together. Would you read this with me? Here we go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, the Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and he was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. And I believe in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Universal Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Do you believe that? Let's hear it for Jesus if you believe it. You know what this is? This is one of the earliest versions of the gospel message, and it's the gospel that changes life. Don't you think it's a message worth sharing? Don't you think that if your life is worth anything, it's worth pulling out the stops and saying, Jesus, at all costs, I am going to give my life for this message. I'm gonna give my time. I'm gonna give my treasure. I'm gonna give my talent to make sure I'm doing my part, even a glow stick's worth to make a difference in the life of somebody else. See, because that's our charge as a church. That's what the church is all about. Do you believe that? Father, would you bless each one here today 
Help each one to know that if they've come to you, it's because you chose them. You've chosen them before the very foundation of the world. And let us be changed and conformed to your image. You became like us so that we could become like you. Help us to believe it and trust it. Help us, Lord. We give ourselves to you. In Jesus' name.